Welcome to episode 7 of the One Hit Podcast. Today we're with Joel Superna, aka The Godfather. Joel was the co-host of Chael Sullen's podcast, You're Welcome, and one of the founders of Team Quest MMA. We talk all things sports, his background, and what the future holds for The Godfather. This podcast starts a bit differently, we just get straight into it and start talking. Hope you enjoy. I am the greatest. Be water, my friend. And we're live. Welcome, Joel. I know it's four thirty a.m. over there in Portland, Oregon. How are you keeping? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm, very, I'm really healthy right now. I'm doing real well. Um, I only sleep about five hours. So, <laughs> so if I get worn out and I go to bed early, like last night, I went to bed at ten thirty. P, so that's early for me. Well, five hours puts me up at three thirty in the morning. Oh. You know, and then and then once in a while I'll get six, seven hours. But man, yeah, no sleep is a sleep's never been a big thing for me. As long as you're keeping healthy, that's the main thing at the moment. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm good. This uh, this pandemic caught me at a really good time in terms of. I mean, nobody wants to be involved in whatever the fuck this is, but uh, I was in a good headspace. So it's been, I mean, for me, it's been like a vacation. I mean, it's been really weird because most of the time in America anyway, you know, if you're not working, you're a deadbeat. Yeah. You know, you're a deadbeat. And, and so everything was going smooth sailing and my job got shut down. Everybody's got jobs got shut down. So it's been really weird. It's been, it's been really, really weird. Everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. You know, I looked at it early on. I looked at it kind of like first fear, you know, the, 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 the fear and the way I, I don't think fear is a bad thing. I fear is a good thing actually, but, but you've got to normally, normally you have to face it. You have to face it. Well, this is something that we don't, we don't really know everything about it. So, for the first 21 days, I was getting, you know, I was, I was working out and, and, and I was still very scared. You know, the numbers just started coming in and I'm a number guy. And I still, every day I do the numbers and I just look at, my thing is, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get anybody sick. So I social distance, I do everything I'm supposed to do, but I'm not going to quit living. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to force myself into anybody's environment, but I'm still going to go run. I'm still going to go you know, do everything that I can possibly do. So it's just been, it's been, it's been really weird um, in a lot of ways. That's good. Good to see you're keeping fit and active. I know you're a big sports guy. How's it feel not having any sports on? I was actually in the, I was actually in the shower this morning thinking about, it's five o'clock now. The humans still aren't going to get up <laughs> out here a couple hours. So I'm, I'm alone. Um, I was actually thinking about, you know, doing a pod myself and I was going to talk about, what it's been like for me, a heavy duty sports fan. I mean, I, I love sports. What's it been like? And I hadn't, I hadn't cleared my, my thinking on that. Uh, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like a girlfriend that you thought you missed. <laughs> and, and, and then you're like, you, you know, yeah, I mean, I really like to see her and, and, and I really like to get with her, but, as time goes on, it becomes a new normal. With that said, 
Now, with that said, uh, I'm a huge baseball fan. Yeah, yeah. And I just got my son, you know, we're, we're huge Cub fans, Chicago Cub fans. I just got him, you know, a big screen TV with this PlayStation and, and this MLB game, and it's really live. I watched him play a video game, <laughs> Cubs versus the Cubs versus Milwaukee, and it felt real, and I was nervous. So <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know I, I, I miss it. I can tell you, I can tell you, you know, being an MMA fan, I'm so proud of the guys. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of Dana White. I'm so proud of the fighters. With that said, I need a crowd, man. Yeah. I, I need a crowd. I don't like, I don't like, because I know the environment they're in. Okay. I've competed in, in environments like that. With wrestling, that's just, you compete in front of nobody. Okay. But as a fan, it actually irritates the hell out of me that the uh, fighters can hear the announcers. There's nobody in there. And, and the way a fight works, here's the way a fight works. And, and, and if if you've never fought before, if you've never actually been inside a cage and fought before, normally, okay, normally with, with a crowd, and that crowd could be 500 people. Okay, 500 people is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of people when if the UFC or a big thing. But if you had 500 people... They're all going to sit close. It's going to heighten the adrenaline. Yeah. Okay. So as 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 fighters, so so you say five hundred to whatever number that is. As a fighter, when you get inside the cage after you fought a couple times, you realize I can't get hurt because I'm going to be on gas. I'm going to be on the best gas there ever is, and that's adrenaline. Yeah. Probably very similar to to and I, and I don't want to. I hate when people um, kind of bring war into something, but it, but I'm sure the adrenaline, that hot adrenaline, and so you don't feel things, okay? You don't feel things. You don't feel punches. You don't feel kicks. I mean, you you feel them, but you can, you can just walk through them. In a training environment, and this is what this is. This is a training environment. This is These guys are fighting live rounds, live rounds in a training environment. Which means that fucking beating that Anthony Smith took the other night. I mean, get 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 out of here. Get up. Get out of here. And the fact that the fact that his corner didn't fucking stop that fight. I'm so irritated by that. So anyway, what what, what I'm saying is, I'm proud of the guys. I'm proud of the way they are competing. I I I I, I love it. They're fighting. They're fighting at a higher pace now than I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, we've watched. Whatever, let's say there's been 22 fights since last Saturday. I, I don't know what that number is. Man, and 20 of them have been great. Yeah, some <laughs> awesome fights. You know, if you can, if you put that crowd in some of those fights, if you put that crowd, if you put that crowd in the Anthony Smith fight, he st- the ref stops that fight. Mm-hmm. The ref didn't stop that fight because Anthony is a fucking soldier. Okay, and he he kept telling the guy, "No, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good." You know, man, that fucking beating. And, and the re- reason Anthony took that beating is he was out of gas. He was out of gas. You you change the dynamics of that fight. You change the dynamics of the Ferguson Gaethje fight. You bring a live crowd in there. Okay?
okay? You've got a fighter like, like, let me walk you through this. You've got a fighter like uh, Tony Ferguson. That guy fights on adrenaline, yeah. okay? That guy, that guy needs that blood and guts and everything. You bring a crowd in there, he's going to up his step. He was slow. He shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have cut weight three weeks before. No, definitely not. But that's a different fight with a crowd in it. I don't know if the outcome would have changed, but I do know that, that Tony Ferguson's performance would have been different with a live crowd there, okay? I mean, he's a soldier. He walked through those punches. He kept going. I mean, he's, he's, he's one of my favorite fighters, as is Anthony Smith. Now, you bring a crowd in with the Anthony Smith fight, they stop the fight. Yeah. The crowd's going crazy. The, the, the ref would stop that fight. It, would, it, was, a, it was a beating... I was rooting for Anthony to get out of the third round. Okay. I had him win in the first two rounds. He gets caught early in the third round. That's the punch that drops him. I believe, and I haven't talked to him, but I believe that's the punch that broke his orbital bone. Right. Okay. Somehow, without that adrenaline rush that I'm talking about, okay, nothing, just sheer fucking pain. He takes that beating in the third round. Okay. I'm I'm good with that. That's my guy. I've seen him in wars. I'm good with it. Okay? He gets up. If I'm in that corner, I'm going to let him go out for the fourth. Okay? Because I'm assuming, I know Anthony's out of gas, but after the beating that, that, that Glover put on him, I'm going to assume he's out of gas. So Anthony goes out in the fourth round and he throws whatever he has. But there's nothing there. It's gone. Okay. As soon as he gets taken down, as soon as he covers, that towel goes in. And in the fourth round, I haven't went back and watched it. I could never go back and watch. I'm going to say you do not, under no circumstances in the earth, let let your guy fight past whenever he got taken down and started taking those punches in the fourth round. The reason that happened. The reason that happened is those fucking corners, those fucking corners. Here's how an athlete works. Okay. And Anthony Smith is a fucking diehard. I mean that you can't get any tougher than that motherfucker. Okay. You can't, you, you, you can be as tough. Okay. But you're not going to get any tougher. He says that he told his corner that, that their rule is, you know, I go out on my shield. Okay. Listen, that's a training thing. You're fight. Yes, fight to the death. Okay, that, you go. You fight to the death. That's your job to put yourself in that mentality. My job's to not let you. Yeah. Okay, I, I can't. I can't let. I can't let a fighter take that. I can't. I can't let you, who I've known for eleven minutes, take <laughs> that. Okay, if that's my last fucking, if that's my last fucking uh, time that I'm in your corner, that towel is in there. That is my responsibility. It pisses me off to no end. All the fucking meatballs that are in the sport. I thought immediately. I said, whoever the fuck his corner is has never been exhausted. Has never been fucking truly exhausted in a combat situation. And I, and I don't know if Mark Mark Montoya or Mark Munoz, not Munoz, but whatever whatever fuck his head corner is, I do not know if if he has ever been a true combat athlete. I do know that James Krause, 
is a bad motherfucker and he's a UFC fighter, mm-hmm. okay? He should have thrown the fucking towel in. Yeah. Anybody in that fucking corner should have thrown the towel in. If I would have been in that environment with any of the guys that I've loved and, and, and been with, I would have jumped the fucking cage, okay? It, it's the worst thing. It's the And it just pisses me off to no end that people, people that don't fucking know have all the fucking platform to, to, to tell me what they think. Yeah. Okay. Ariel Hawani. Okay. I don't fucking care what Ariel Hawani <laughs> thinks. I want, I want him to tell me what he sees. Okay. Yeah. That's it. He's a reporter. He does not fucking know. Okay. He does not know what it feels like to be exhausted. If you are a fucking fighter, if you are a goddamn combat fighter and a motherfucker that's sitting in your corner doesn't know what it looks like or feels like to be fucking exhausted, he cannot sit there. Yeah, get out of the he corner. Cannot, he cannot sit there. And for James Krause, I don't know about this Montoya guy. I'm going to assume he's never. I'm going to assume he's a fucking mitt guy and a mouthpiece. How we have made a corner man a fucking thing. A corner man has very limited fucking jobs. Okay, he he he's got he he needs to let you know how your fuck what how much time you have. Yeah, and I'm talking about your corner guy. Okay, he needs to know. He doesn't need to fucking. This ain't a mitt hitting fucking session. No. Okay, this isn't a this isn't a this is a goddamn cage fight. It's a okay? war. When you're sitting on your fucking corner, when you're sitting on your fucking stool. You got one minute before you go back into battle. The only thing, the only thing you need to fucking hear is the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for that motherfucker, oh man, I just, you know, it, it just pisses me off to no end. It pisses me off to no end that that happened. It pisses me off to no end how stupid the fucking media is. Uh, you know, you look, I look at MMA media. Fuck, I remember when. There was no fucking MMA media. And a guy with a fucking camera would walk into the back of the fucking car dealership and he had a website and he would do interviews and this dude was a straight fucking meatball. Well, some of those meatballs are out there right now, okay? That fucking Ariel Hawani is the biggest fucking pussy on this fucking planet. I can't fucking believe all these bad motherfuckers cater to him and try to jump on his show and think it's a big fucking joke. You know, it ain't a joke, Ariel. This is real shit. You know, this is real shit. I don't care what you fucking think, Ariel. Tell me what you see. You know, I don't care what Luke fucking Thomas thinks. (laughs) Luke, tell me what you see. You know, and you can go down the fucking list. They're they're just absolute horseshit. Uh, uh, Brett... Okamoto for my money's the best. Okay, and then you have you have the you have the fighters that do it, um, and, and and they all know they every single every single fighter knew when that fight should have been stopped. Every single one of them knew when Anthony was fucking exhausted. Now you can let two exhausted fighters fight, okay? If Glover and Anthony are both exhausted. I'm going to go with Anthony. I'm going to let him fight to the fucking death. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I can't let him fight to the fucking death when Glover still got money. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't do it. It's, it, it, it's, you know, it, it was, it was, it was, it was hard to watch. It, you know, it's crazy what these fighters will fucking do 
instructed by somebody that has never fucking carried the fucking ball. It, it blows my fucking mind. It blows my mind. It used to be, it used to be, okay, whoever, whoever I'm, whoever I'm getting down with in the room, we're going to go, we're going to walk into battle together. Okay. We're going to walk into battle together. We're going to go get down. And, and ain't none of us, ain't none of us ever going to let one of our brothers take a fucking beating like that. I'll let you, it's like, it's like this if, for wrestling. Because I'm a wrestler, a lot of the guys are wrestlers. Wrestling is the closest combat sport there is to mixed martial arts. Anybody mm-hmm. tells me about this fucking jujitsu, man, blow me. Okay, it's not. It's not fucking wrestling. It is something. It, it's not wrestling. It's just fucking not. But anyway, in wrestling, if a guy were to blow his knee out in the semifinals, blow his fucking knee out. Okay, but somehow he got the win. All right. Somehow he got the win. You might let him. You might let him go out and see if he can throw the guy on the back in the finals. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you you might do that. What you will never do, what you will never do, is you'll never let him go into the consolation rounds. Okay. <laughs> you will never go let him go into the Russell backs. All right. Never in the history of ever would you let a guy with a blown knee go into the Russell backs. Um, and that's what they did. They let Anthony Smith go into the Russellbacks, and he had five guys to get through, and they just kept sending him. It, it, it is fucking ridiculous. Um, Pure nuts. You don't have to give me much. <laughs> you don't have to throw much up to me, do you? And you're you're saying they're wrestling, so is your your background from day one is wrestling first and foremost, and then mixing the MMA afterwards. Yeah, well, so the so that yeah, I was I was a wrestler through through college, and, and college for me took ten years. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, I wrestled in college, and I wrestled a little bit afterwards. I never, you know, when the sport when I when I started watching the sport in you know I want to say ninety eight, uh, Tank Abbott was uh, oh, yeah. was like a, a tough guy, and I was like. I beat that motherfucker's ass. Like that's like, there's no way in that world I'm gonna just go fucking put him on his back and beat him up. So I thought the sport was bullshit. I thought it was, I thought it was absolute bullshit. I watched a couple. I th- I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And then uh, Matt Lindland started. He was he was a, a college teammate of mine. He 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 started doing it. So I p- started paying a little bit more attention to it. And and Randy Couture. It, you know, is now the world champion. And in 2000, uh, I opened up a car dealership with Matt Lindland uh, and, and Chris Flauschy. And we ended up starting Team Quest out of the back of the dealership. Yeah. And so I started training with Randy because there, was, there wasn't anybody for him to train with. And, and I was his biggest uh, training partner. So I started out just wrestling, just being his wrestling. I couldn't throw... I could, I used to throw punches like this, you know. <laughs> so I just started going back in the back of the dealership, and, and you know, four guys, you know, through one of Randy's fights, through another one, through another one, and then I was like, "Fuck, I'm going to do this," you know. So so I did it several times, and and you know, I've been involved in the sport in one way or another since you know since 2000, and uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Is I mean, it's fucking nuts, uh, and the sport. The crowd's changed. Mm-hmm. The crowd has changed immensely. Uh, the fighters have... There's there's more fighters. 
that lets these tribes get together and they let these, you know, the fighters get in better shape and everything and the tools get better. But really, but really, sport really hadn't changed that much in, in all these years, man. If you, if you can go put a guy on his ass and, and get up on his chest and pound a hole in his fucking head, you're going to do real well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that doesn't sell. You know, if you look at the if you look at the history of mixed martial arts, there's only been a couple ground and pound uh, specialists that became famous. Uh, Mark Coleman. Yeah, Mark Coleman. <laughs> Mark Coleman, Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz, Chael Sonnen, uh, Matt Hughes, and and Khabib. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a couple, but there's there's only a handful. You know, you got a guy like Justin Gaethje who is a division one all-american and he doesn't wrestle so so his <laughs> he's his ceiling is high as fuck um tony ferguson was a national champion he doesn't really wrestle that much yeah so if you can put a guy on his on his back and climb on his chest and punch a hole in his head you're you're going to do it real real well in this sport why, why do you think that some of these top top wrestlers don't wrestle as much in the ring or in the cage they want to go ground and pound. They want to go to punches. Oh, oh, because because it's different, man. It's different. You have to get humbled. These guys have been, the top wrestlers in the world have been killing motherfuckers for 15, 16 years. Okay? So now they walk into a room and and they've they've got to stick their hands up and they they take some hot ones down the pipe or, or somebody chokes them out. Um, or they get, or they start fighting without the tools that they need, and they lose a couple times, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck this." It's it's not because it's not because wrestling isn't the best foundation for mixed martial arts. It's that high level of athlete cannot go through a new learning process. Right, right. You know, it's 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 a tough. I couldn't I couldn't go. You know, I think had I had I started uh, younger. You know, I would have, I would have been pretty good at it. But, but when I, when I started, I, I didn't want to go through the process of that fucking jujitsu. It, it, it irritated the fuck out of me. When me putting you on your ass doesn't bother you, I'm not that interested. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just true. It's just, it's just true. I, I spent you know 20 years trying to put people on their ass, and you know, when you start the fight on your ass, it's just it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me at all at all and and i understand it's popular and 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 this that and the other but if a motherfucker tells me that a jujitsu match is more exciting than a wrestling match he wears a fucking skirt <laughs> every fight starts standing off and if i'm fighting you and you bring me to the ground a wrestling slam that's me going uh, yeah i'm gonna punch a fucking hole in your yeah. head Go on. You know, I'm gonna punch a fucking hole in your head, or or, or you're gonna or you're gonna tie me up. It's, and then the wrestlers they quit wrestling because they get they, because wrestling's so goddamn hard. You know, and I hear this I hear this shit about like, MMA wrestling is different <laughs> than fucking wrestling. No man, if I've got a body lock on you and a fucking cage, I'm gonna be on top of you. Yeah. How non wrestlers get out of a fucking clinch has always fucking boggled my mind <laughs> and you're on about MMA I know you fought a few times would you ever fight again or anything left the tank for yourself would I fight again 
Yeah. Well, so I went to prison in, fuck was it, 2010? And there was, I was there for six months, and I got in incredible shape. And when I got out, all I was going to do was fight. I was going to fight every week. I was going to fight every month. But the the fucking probation or whatever the fuck they called it, they, they, they wouldn't let me fight. So by the time I got through that shit, it was, it was six years later, and I was... Fuck age that was. I'm I'm 53 years old right now. I would love to fight, but where am I going to get a fight at? I'm actually I'm actually going to wrestle or do do that that uh, what the fuck's it called that that submission on the bullshit. ground. Is this? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Against Clayton Jack, a big giant motherfucker. But I'm just doing it because I want to compete. You know, I used to do it when I want to compete. I, yeah, I would love to. I would love to get. I like fighting. <laughs> I mean, it's, so if you had to fight on Dana White's fight island against any heavyweight, who would you pick? Who would I pick? A heavyweight? I wouldn't pick a fucking heavyweight, I don't think. I'd fucking get to 205. Um, those, those fuckers are tough, too. Uh, uh, who would I fight? On fight island. It has to be fight island. Dana White. Oh, fuck yeah. I fight island next door. My deck. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. That's a really good question. I'd fight anybody, but I mean, I would probably take a, an ass whooping. <laughs> I mean, I would would I would take an ass whooping. Who would who could I possibly compete with? I mean, no UFC fighter. They'd all fuck me up. Yeah. They'd all kill me. You know. But now, you know, we could play make believe and go back and do all this other shit. But no, they they kill me. I'd like to fight Wes Sims. Wes Sims, you know? yeah, yeah. I'd like the, He's a UFC fighter. I'd like to fight him on <laughs> fucking Fight Island. And I was you were saying there. I seen on your I think it was a Twitter or a Facebook back in August. You were three hundred pounds, and now you're about two twenty. Are you? Yeah, I think I, I had a bad. I had a bad. I had a bad two weeks. So I'm probably. Ooh, I'm probably two thirty right now. Right, um, right. The, the the key when you have a bad couple weeks, stay the fucking weight from the scale, and then have a couple good weeks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would. I'd like to be. I'd like to be around two hundred ten pounds, you know, and, and still continue to. You know, it doesn't look like it did fifteen years ago. It's. I'm mean, at 50, 53 years old. I can't get away from that. But uh, but I'm I'm getting really healthy. I finally figured out uh, a good nutrition program for me, which is low carbs, low sugar. It, it regulates my brain. It slows it down a little bit. Because I seen you're doing was it ninety day challenge or something for your fans? Yeah, I've started. I've started. I, I'm going to start a, an online business. What I'm doing right now is is kind of just bringing people in to do it. We're we'll, we're starting our third class on the 25th. This one ends on the 21st. So yeah, I've had like I've had like 14 people come in. Ten of them are still with us going into our third our third one. We got a guy. Tom Petty out of Virginia has lost 26 pounds. You know, I've been pretty isolated up until the last couple weeks. This week, I've lifted weights. Chael started lifting weights this week, so uh, I lifted a lot of weights with him this week. And on with there, with the podcast, you have your own, your own podcast. That's how I got in the podcast, and I think I, I messaged you on Twitter about uh, two years ago saying that how to get involved. You go back to me and told me what I had to do. A year later, I started my podcast, so thank you very much for getting back to me. And finally, you got your online. I tell you, I tell you, you know, it's very interesting that, that, so when I was on Shale's show, my, I've never been a Twitter guy, but my Facebook was 
it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. I get 100, 200 messages uh, a day, and I would, I would fucking respond to every one of those motherfuckers. And now that I've, I've got back, and I've, you know, I, and I hate, I fucking hate people going within their own community to try to build shit. It just, it, it just irritates me. But on that thing, like. I'm non-existent anymore, but I know shit that they don't know. So I'm going to catch a shine again. <laughs> and all these motherfuckers that have disappeared are going to pop the fucking back up. They're going to be Godfather this and Godfather that it's a, it's human nature. Human nature is interesting. It's like years and years and years ago. Uh, I, I read it somewhere. Somebody, somebody told me that character character is defined by what you do when nobody's looking okay this fucking pandemic has opened everything up like i would probably say 80 percent of humanity is just fucking coward it's tough and then you have to and then you have to panhandle to these fucking cowards at whatever you do here come watch my show here uh come fucking buy something from me you you got no honor you got no fucking code why and fucking but that's what social media has done to this fucking world yeah. these fighters pander i watched chael pander to fucking idiots you know just absolute fucking morons as a matter of fact chael's partner is the biggest pussy on this fucking planet okay the reason I'm not on Chill's podcast is because he's got a fucking partner that is the biggest fucking pussy on this fucking planet. Okay? <laughs> and he's been a UFC fucking corner man. Okay? Of course. <laughs> he has been a, which will show you just what fucking mark ass fucking marks these fighters put in, put in their corner. Fucking pussies. Crazy. And you're saying like Chill, that's where everyone knows Chill Sonnen. That's, that's where podcast i'd start listening to you and no word of a lie whenever you stop being on the podcast i stop listening to chill's podcast and then every so often i see on facebook we've joel back for one off i listen to it again next episode you're not there yeah it, gone. It, you know it's it's too it's it's too bad that he's got this fucking cretin you know this fucking cretin's making a million dollars on this fucking youtube channel of which i pitched over and over and over again it, it doesn't matter his his his, it doesn't matter. We're all in a spot that we're supposed to be. You know, I'm sitting in this chair right now mm -hmm. because I'm supposed to be here. Because because I chose to be here. What that fucking piece of shit has in store for him, I, I don't fucking know. Yeah, the reason you don't see me on Chael's podcast is because he's got a fucking pussy-ass partner. No, and uh, you have your own podcast going again. I see he was gone for yeah, a while. not really. Not really. I'm just keeping... You know, I'm just... Buddy, I'm just trying to keep busy, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, like, I, I like being healthy. I like being healthy. I like helping people be healthy. I'm talking to you like this because, because it's fun. <laughs> We're talking about cage fighters and shit. But truthfully, truthfully, I like to be healthy. I like to, you know, I found a spot. And, and, and that's, you know, that's where I'm going to try to get to. I'm trying to, I'm going to try to build a, uh, a community of people like me that are older that haven't for whatever reason found that groove that found that 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 and it's all with health like like healthy me is the most powerful me that i'll ever be yeah you know that i'll ever be and the healthier i get 
my goals change. Whereas, whereas most of us, when we're unhealthy, we want to be rich. Okay. We, I want to be rich and I want to have these things. Fuck. I already had all those things and it, and I was unhealthy and it was, I was miserable. So I want to get to that place of sustainable health. I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to, to being there and, and I want to help other people get there too. So, you know, that's, that's, that's how I want to finish my life. I want to finish my life as a leader, uh, as somebody that has learned from his failures and, and, and somebody that, that literally knows everything that you could possibly know about, about training. In a and, and about B about going from 300 pounds to 205 pounds or 220 pounds and how you can actually get there and and how you can get there healthy like I've done it over and over and over again we always go from 220 to 230 and then boom 250 and then boom, it's just like it's just like you know you're like swimming around like no 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 and it, it, it's the same path every time the only difference is it's harder to, as the older you get, it's harder to make it down here and it's easier to go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you're very positive. Like, so it's good to see that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm resentful of, 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 uh, Chael's partner. You know, that's where all that vitriol comes from. I'm trying to get to a place in my life, truthfully in that mindset of enjoy everything, even enjoy that. Enjoy him being a scumbag, you know, great. <laughs> good for you, you scumbag, you know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to be a better person. Yeah, so that's that's the goals then for you for the future is to, to help people improve, people get fitter, healthier and yeah, lose weight. You know, you know, this is a, a lifetime you know, I, I uh I started a a gym in nineteen ninety five and it was it was called Jammers and Champions and it was a full service fitness center at a major truck stop you know, major truck stop. The goal was I, I went out and found the unhealthiest people in America and they, they were truckers, but they didn't have, have any way to get healthy. Um, so, so that's where my heart was out of college was be in that environment. And then, you know, uh, got into sales and in, in different avenues. And every time, every time I'm on, you know, what I call a vision quest, I always steer back to that. I always steer back to that because that is where my passion lies. That is where my, uh, you know, I, I say I have a doctorate in, in failure. You know, I've, I've failed so many times. When I talk to uh, Tom Petty, he's the guy in my class that, uh, or my team, um, that's lost 26 pounds and he has a goal to get to a certain spot in by August. And I'm like, yeah, brother, I know the map. Not only do I have the map, I know every road that you can go down Every single one that you can go down to successfully get there or to go the other way. Those roads are for us everywhere. Every every single day, uh, the both of us have the same challenges. We have goals that we have to do today. For instance, my nutrition goal is not my goal, but my nutrition is, you know, three solid, three solid meals, uh, low carb, almost no, almost no sugar. And I have to figure out how I'm going to do that. I'm not a food prep guy. You know, I'm not a food prep guy. So I have to figure out, so I've got that set. Now, what's my activity? What's my activity going to be today? Well, okay, so it's a cardio day. So I need to go out and get, you know, an hour of movement. Okay, so now I got those two tips. Those are my, those are my two legs of health. What's my third one? It's my mental health. 
uh, how am I going to be be the best me today? You know, best me today. How am I going to feel good? How am I going to enjoy the moments that make the memories instead of waiting to make a memory? Like, like what I mean by that is, and I was famous at this for years, is I'm going to work so hard and then I'm going to go do something really cool. I work hard. I go to the UFC. I take a bunch of pictures. And yes, did I enjoy that moment? Yes. But what I missed out on was all the time from here to here. So my mental health today has to be just as important as the other two. And it really starts, it really starts with the mental health. You know, when I'm operating at the best me, I start off in the morning with thankful, grateful, and loving. All of the things that I'm thankful, grateful, and loving for. Then I visualize my day almost in detail. And then I go, then I go try to do it. And then, and then at the end of it, I do the same thing. Thankful, grateful, and loving. If I can stay within that line and I can do it enough times in a row and I can enjoy doing it, then that's a pretty good run. Awesome. That's all. That's so positive. That's that's one thing that's great about you. You're always mindset forward and having the map in place for everyone. I, I do now. I'm in. I'm in a good spot. I'm in a good spot. You know, when when I was when I was on Chael's podcast, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. But I was not in a good place. I was not. I was not in a good place. Like if I could go back, if I had to feel like that again, I'm cool. I, I, I don't ever want to feel like that. And that's that's where my headspace was. If my headspace would have been different, a lot of things would have been different. I'm, I'm responsible for where I'm sitting at right now. Man, if you're miserable, if you're, it's, it's, it's all being honest. It's all, it's all being honest. If, 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 if you can start with honesty and that honesty, honesty says you're miserable, you got to fucking change. Okay. You got to change. If you can't get to that, man, I go on this book page of mine again. I go back to when, you know, hundreds of messages a day, you know, and, and I plead with people. Let's do a 30 day challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm not charging you any money. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lay everything out for you. And it's fucking crickets. Okay. It's fucking crickets. This is the most unhealthy time that we've ever experienced. The world has said, go home, take your alcohol, take your sugar. Take your drugs and go sit there. Yeah. Man, if this isn't ever, the, and the longer they fucking sit there, the longer they're going to need the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> the, longer, the longer they're sitting there, I mean, you're going to fucking have to, sooner or later, you're going to have to, you're going to have to fucking decide. You know, I had to, I had to decide in August of last year. And, and my decision just came from being honest and saying you're 52 years old, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to miss your son. You can't say one thing and do another thing. You can't say, I love my son more than anything. Here, let me fucking kill myself. You know, and, and I did that for too long. I did that for way too long. So I was like, okay, I've got to get healthy. I've got to get healthy so I can be here for him. And and then you start getting on the right path. Yeah. But if you can't get honest, if you can't get honest and you can't figure out if you can't figure out where the devil is in your life, you know, for me, it's, devil is food and alcohol, you know, food and alcohol. And those things manifest themselves uh, in the same way. But if you can't figure out, hey, if you're not miserable, man, good for you. But we know, 
we fucking know when we're miserable. Yep. You know, body shaming and this, that, and other. Listen, man, if you are fucking 40 pounds overweight, you are miserable. And if you're not, you're rich. <laughs> <laughs> And, and the only and the only difference is when you're rich, you can put a bunch of band aids on those feelings. People are going to treat you better. Nobody likes being fat. Nobody likes being fat. You know, no, it just it's just not true. Healthy, healthy, and carrying a little extra weight. Roy Nelson, he's healthy. He ain't fat. The Doughboy on Memphis Street, he's fat. JJ DeBoss' son is fat. He needs to lose some weight. He's he's unhealthy. He's going he's going to have health problems. He needs to lose weight. That's different. <laughs> and you're saying there, and I know you as well, the Godfather, the nickname, the Godfather, where did that come from? So we are the night before Randy Couture fights uh Tito Ortiz. I'm you know, I'm the shot caller. You know, the the dealership's doing well. I've got the big room at the end of the hall at the MGM Grand. I've paid for everybody's room. I take care of everybody. It's what I do. I, I take care of everybody. So they have these terry cloth robes, these big terry cloth robes. And I come out of the bathroom uh, into the suite and Chael's out there. And he said, you're the godfather. And he tagged, he tagged me the godfather. And if you get a cool nickname... You fucking right. <laughs> you keep it. <laughs> you, you know, you get a you get a good nickname. You 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 grab onto that one. You know, it's 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 what it is. I like it. But you know, uh, it's a cool. I mean, who does who wouldn't like to be the Godfather? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. the Godfather. That's a great yeah. name. <laughs> and like this podcast, we call it the One Hit Podcast, and we ask all our guests, "What was the best one hit you've ever seen in person or on TV?" So it could be a knockout in boxing. It could be baseball. Oh fuck! Okay. Anything. Okay. Okay. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Oh god. Okay, I'll give you two. Okay. So Mad's very first baseball game. Okay. My my son has had an incredible life. Okay. His very first baseball game. He has become a Madman Cub fan. We are in the front row. Against the Cubs versus Cincinnati. Jake Arrieta actually throws a no-hitter. Lad's first baseball game. His second baseball game was game five of the World Series, but let's go back to the first game. Chris Bryant's up, and I'm, I'm with I'm with Lad and two of my brothers, Marty and Bill, and, and Lad's back with Bill. And I look, I look back to see Lad, and I hear a sound of a bat hitting a baseball. And it made a sound that I'd never, ever heard before. It, I mean, crack. I mean, crack. And I look, you know, the crowd, boom, even though there wasn't that many people there, boom. And and, and the ball went 500 miles. Okay, <laughs> but I didn't actually see that. Now, Lad actually saw that. So, hit. Man, there's been so many. There's been so many hits. I, You know. It could, it could even be on TV. That left hook that uh, Joe Frazier hit uh, Ali with when he was off his foot to drop Ali, and Ali got up at four. I'm gonna give it that. I'm gonna give that the greatest hit because those are the three greatest fights in mankind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never been. There's never been two men that were so committed to literally fighting to the death. Yeah. You know. To literally fighting to the death than those two guys. I'm gonna go with Ali Frazier, the left hook, 
that sound that ball made when Chris Meyer hit that, I can hear it now. I can hear it. <laughs> I can hear it in my in my head. You know, one of the things you never forget, just just bang, it remembers all the time. Yeah, and you know, I do have a I do have a tremendous amount of memories that that I cherish and I love. What I want to do now is I want to cherish the moments that make up the memories. Excellent. You know, at the moments, this is this is a great moment for me. I've ha- I've had a a great time. We've what, we went an hour. But an hour, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah, you don't have you don't have to do much with me. Pull my fucking string and I'll go. <laughs> That's true. You know, about the start there, your friends with Randy Couture and his trading partner. He's a lot for the sport, hasn't he? Most of the fighters that are fighting now. They don't even know how important Randy Couture was to this sport. They don't know that he went out 15 times in a row and fucking danced in the fucking championship fight. Okay, there wasn't there wasn't five fights a year, and and he would he would go out over and over and over again, literally change the sport. There wasn't ten people. There wasn't ten places to train in two thousand to train mixed martial arts in two thousand. And one of them was in the back of my goddamn car. You know, that's a fucking Bruce. That's a true story. That's awesome. That's awesome. And working the listeners get a hold of you, Joel, and hear things that you're doing, and hopefully maybe get your podcast up up and going again. Um. Yeah. Subscribe to uh, the Truth eighty one ninety two uh, on YouTube. The Truth eighty one ninety two and JoJo thirty four thirty four is Twitter. And then Facebook is is my name. I'm gonna get stroke again, and those fuckers are gonna be back. And 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 you remember, yeah. you remember, brother, that 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 I said this. And it, it's it's not even that I want to. I just know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to happen. Man, it was fun. It's just funny looking at that. It's funny looking at that. You know. No, look, looking forward to watching the journey and listening to the journey. Enjoy the moments that make the memories, man. Excellent. Enjoy the moments that make the memories. And uh, buy your old lady some flowers. Buy your old flowers. Brilliant. No, I really appreciate coming online today, Joel. And, and I mean, thanks. I needed to burn. It's six. An hour from now, there'll be humans. <laughs> People will be getting up. All right, brother. And I really appreciate it. And hopefully, maybe in the future, we can do another one again sometime. Anytime, bud. Excellent. Early in the morning like this is the better. I'm up. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. I am the greatest. Be water, my friend. Well, that was a crazy episode. Hope you enjoyed. Remember to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes, and also now we're on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in One Hit Podcast. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.